Okay, so um, I'm just up and um, really can't sleep right now. I'm just thinking about like the state of the church and you know the Lord's end time army that He's been forming. You know what I feel like I haven't been doing and what would need to be done. I know that, you know, lately it's been efforts to get me accustomed to, you know, not fighting as hard or not doing as much so that, you know, things can possibly stay this way and different individuals can um, remain in power. Um, I suspect that this has a lot to do with the two wicked judges that the Lord has judged and pulled, you know, out of position of judge. I um I suspect that this is at their doing in the beginning of this process, you know, it was it was almost introduced that way. Like, um for example, um they had shown up you know, I didn't know exactly who it was I was dealing with at first, but I just heard a bits and pieces of a conversation. It seems as if they were saying, um, excuse me, they had shown up and they said, um, they said, well, if you're going to have Jania, which is NBA Youngboy's baby mother, and, um, your sister, which is, you know, my sister, um, controlling you and making decisions, you know, as if they are judges, then we have every right to be back in our positions. And um, I believe everything happens for a reason. I don't believe that the Lord would allow that to happen for no reason. I think that it was a wake-up call from the Lord. And what he was doing was he was trying, not trying, he was, you know, he was he was um urging me to take accountability for the different individuals that have been influencing these decisions that the Lord has you know already spoken over concerning other individuals that possibly moved in a similar way that made similar decisions you know, made decisions in a similar way. And um, I, I, I do kind of understand the, like, the gist of what, what kind of decisions I'm going to explain. So these kind of decisions would consist of, like, um, as I said before in a previous episode, these individuals would, um, they would hide behind, you know, you know, um, good power or a good name while they manipulated, you know, circumstances to their benefit. For example, like they would, um, in order to, in order to look as if they did something that they didn't do, they would just like, you know, in a way try and manipulate them with themselves into a position where, you know, um, They're taking credit for my work. And, you know, I didn't think it was such a big deal because I said, when it comes down to it, 
as long as the work is getting done, it doesn't matter who's taking credit for the work being done. You know, the Lord is going to expose as long as you have a relationship with God and you actually are listening to him, you're going to know who it really is. You know, even though these things go really deep and it can be very deceptive and you have to be dwelling in the Lord's presence in order for these things to be exposed, it will be exposed, you know. But um, they had, they had, you know, gone to great lengths to manipulate these circumstances to their benefit. They would um, manipulate themselves into certain environments based off of, you know, benefits of being associated with, you know, actions and, you know, acts of good and acts of kindness that they weren't normally you know, they would, they possibly wouldn't normally, you know, be invited to. For example, if, you know, you gain someone's trust or if I gain someone's trust by, you know, preaching to them and doing what I can to show them to the Lord and, you know, just using being the Lord's voice. And I would tell them what I felt that the Lord was saying concerning them and I would, offer help anytime they would, you know, be willing to be helped to, you know, just start to build their relationship and their rapport with God so they can get back closer to the Lord and get back in his presence and, you know, start to, you know, transform transform their lives as much as they're willing to, you know, give and it could start little by little or whatever steps they're willing to take and just help and try and guide them in that direction. These different individuals would find out the different individuals that will be associated with this and that would start to trust me because of being honest and moving in an honest way because the Lord has, you know, of course, he's transforming me. So it's not even about impressing these individuals. It's about not disappointing God. And um, so it causes people to trust you because they know that whether I care or not, whether I'm here or not, whether I'm looking or not, you're going to do this because you have to answer to the Lord. So you're you're being this person at all times or you're doing your best to work towards being this person at all times. So it creates a trust in people. These different individuals will benefit off that trust by and they would then they will go, you know, in certain ways manipulating and squeezing different things away to abuse that trust. Like for example, trying to use different individuals names to somehow get in environments and then when they were in these environments they would you know possibly act in a dishonest way and so what that led to was you know as I said the abuse of different people's trust and that is not only just about the people who loses trust for you but it's also about the name that you represent you represent the kingdom and so if it's about God's, God's validation, the Lord, he's becoming upset because these different individuals that are starting to open up to him again and wanting to build a rapport with him and wanting to build the relationship back up with him again, now they're starting to be, you know, repelled and turned off to the Lord because they're thinking, you know, I trusted this individual that you said, you know, you were speaking through that you were, you were calling your voice. And you know, meanwhile, these different dishonest things are going on and they, you know, are allowing these things to happen or in support of these things or even defending them in a way. And so um, 
the Lord is convicting me. I know he's convicting me. This is his way of saying I won't allow that anymore because it's just happened one too many times. Even though at first it just seemed like it was just a few slip-ups because I was trying to stay on top of everything. You know, it started to turn out to be <clears throat> more and more and more. And then the, the little bitty slip-ups started to just grow and grow and grow. And it's, it still didn't get too out of hand because, as I said, you know, it matters to me what the Lord thinks and, and disappointing. I just don't want to disappoint the Lord. But it just started to, you know, it started to affect the Lord's name. You have to be a, representation, a representative of God's good name. And, you know, the Bible, in the, at the back of the Bible, it says that, um, People who are using Jesus Christ's name in order to commit wicked acts will be judged more harshly. And um, so I'm going to fall. I will possibly fall under that umbrella just for being associated or defending these different people's acts. And it's not that I was truly even defending them. It was just the fact that I was doing what I could. And I, and I don't even like to say doing what I can because it sounds like I'm not taking accountability. I was working hard to stop them while also having to deal with so many different things and finding myself overwhelmed by so many different directions that they were just slipping different things out. Now I have to catch up with them and catch up with those different things. I'm not trying to blame it all on them. It's not just them. It's many different individuals involved in this situation. But, you know, um, just from what I can perceive, you know, thus far, I was you know, doing what I could to catch up to them. By the time I caught up to them, I would find that, you know, usually I can't, I can't speak for every time, but I would say that usually their, you know, intent wasn't as malicious as it may have turned out to look or seem like it would have looked or seemed that they were really trying to gain or benefit from it. But in reality, you know, when you try and understand the, motive behind their actions like maybe they just wanted to feel included or they just wanted to feel like they you know was capable of you know being a good representative of God as well but you know maybe they're just learning or just didn't follow through how they intended that's not every time but you know sometimes it would you know trace back to just those general situations but um it still looked bad, and different people were starting to question these things, and the slip-ups became more and more, and I'm starting to lose grip on the, on the situation. So now the Lord, I believe, is allowing this to happen because he's convicting me. Like, you can't, you know, you can't introduce different individuals to an idea that they are going to find, you know, salvation, or they're going to be led to salvation, and then they end up you know, their trust ends up being abused. A lot of these individuals already, you know, have reasons why they may not have been, you know, seeking the Lord, you know, persistently or or consistently or continuously. So, you know, it was just bad. But, you know, it's so difficult because, you know, the reality of it is that, you know, ever since these wicked judges have been judged, they have been doing everything in their power to weasel their way back into those judges' seats, even if it's using the last judge, you know, and somehow trying to overpower him and manipulate him 
just finding any opportunity to try and find their ways back into those positions that the Lord has already pulled them all out of and judged them concerning. So it can't be fully their fault. I think that ultimately, you know, though I could have had a better handle on things, it really was not as bad as it may have seemed. And it would have been, you know, it would have eventually been dealt with better. Because as I said, practice makes perfect and I'm learning. I'm being transformed every day. And so I'm working harder to be a better me and prevent these different things from happening. And when these situations happen in the process, I am also learning, you know, what not to do, what not to allow to happen and how to move forward. But still, you can't practice on different people's trust. Sometimes it's just not people don't, you know, people are not okay with that. But I try and be honest. I try to be transparent about the situation I'm dealing with so that they understand what's going on. You know, because if you let people know fully what's going on, then maybe they'll take different, you know, they'll take different things into account and they'll in their own way, protect themselves from those different things happening. They'll double check or make sure that it's me or make sure it's not being abused in certain ways. And then, you know, different things can happen that way. But once those things start happening, different individuals just start wising up around me and they just start finding new ways in and different things like that. So it's a constant battle. And um, I'm doing my best to take full accountability for every part that I've played. At the end of the day, what it comes down to is that when someone continuously shows you, you know, what they are prone to or the type of behavior that they participate in, then you have to disassociate yourself because bad company corrupts good character. And I understand that. But um, it's difficult because it's like also at the same time taking into consideration that, you know, these different individuals I'm also trying to help build a relationship and a rapport with God so that they can be, you know, saved and receive salvation as well. So, you know, just trying to ultimately work everything together, you know, so that it can all come around and everyone, you know, can be helped or, or get whatever help that they're willing to take. But, you know, as I've said, you know, things get out of hand and they just start to slip more and more. People start to find more leeway and get more comfortable with these different actions. And over time, it just turned out to what it is now. And that's not an excuse for what was going on. But, you know, as I said, it's difficult being in a position that I'm in. You know, um, what I also noticed is that, you know, and I think that maybe these things have been brought into perspective recently. So I don't want to fully decide on this but what it seems as if I could perceive is that a lot of these individuals that were you know you know that are supposed to be representatives of the kingdom as well they are you know doing what they what they can to sabotage you know in a way or hinder me or just be extremely strict on me and watch me 24 7 or set different things up or you know, plot different things in a way or just kind of like praying on my downfall to make it that much harder for me so that it creates opportunity for different individuals to come in and do stuff like that so that I will be held accountable and so that I won't be, you know, um, seen as fit or responsible enough in order to hold the position that the Lord has for me. But um, as I've said, you know, I love the Lord. I love him. And um, he knows me. 
and he did not make a mistake in choosing me. And it doesn't matter what anybody does around me. Drag my name through the mud. Take me, you know, through, you know, whatever they take me through. Um, stress me out. Overwhelm me. Anything that it is that they are intending to do. The Lord has that covered. He has me covered. Everything's going to work work out according to his good. And he's not going to allow them to prevail you know, doing that. So ultimately what it comes down to is it really isn't about people's perception or whether they feel like they deserve a position back that the Lord has already judged them out of because of what they feel is happening. Though I can understand how unfair that may seem. You know, these different individuals, though they were very wicked and oftentimes the scale of things that they would do or the scale that they would fall on for the stuff that they would be capable of would be so much worse than anything concerning the things that they were even bringing up. But they just had such a, you know, angst, I guess, for getting that spot back. You know, just a relentless attitude that they deserve that spot, they're entitled to it, and nobody's going to judge in their seed, and they're not ever really put out of it forever, and they don't have to accept God's judgment. And, you know, just that attitude in itself is really no real person to blame, you know, for the things they were just taking an opportunity to um, try and make me be held accountable for the different things going on. But, you know, or try and find their way back in those positions. But at the end of the day, what it comes down to, though, as I've said, is that these things shouldn't have been happening, though. They shouldn't have. And I should have had a better grip and a better control over these things. And I shouldn't have let these things slip to what they were. But um, it's difficult, you know. It's like I do everything I can. I'm doing, I'm, I'm working hard to take accountability. I'm working hard to take accountability for what I'm allowing, but I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. And in the mistakes that I make, it's always blown. I feel like. Not out of proportion, but it's just held to a different standard, you know. And I understand that to whom much is given, much is required. And with great work comes great reward. And so, you know, that means step up to the plate, do what's necessary, you know, allow yourself to be prepared correctly, be obedient to God so that these situations don't arise. And I was doing what I could, but it's just become so overwhelming, you know. So, um... I brought this up before. It doesn't seem like it's so much of a, you know, a subject or a conversation anymore because I see that different individuals have gotten what they wanted out of it. And now it's like the reasons that they, you know, initially showed up with for why they were doing the things that they were doing in order to get away with it, you know, somehow have disappeared and do not matter. And that is always a telltale sign of manipulation and just trying to, you know, um, just trying to um, manipulate, you know, your way around God's judgment or God's will. That being said, you know, it feels like, well, God should handle that for you and God should have that covered and you shouldn't have to worry about that. God's going to handle it and he is and he does handle it. But, you know, these, you know, this is real life. It keeps going. People keep going. People find new ways. People find creative ways to you know, get away with their wicked, malicious acts or misguided acts. And um, 
we find ourselves back in this place over and over again. So I trust God that he's going to handle it, but it's just been tough. It's been tough because I'm doing what I can to, you know, be transformed into who I've seen that I will one day be. But as I've said, these different individuals are finding ways to pull me out of my progress or keep me from progressing. But as I said, accountability, you know, urges me and reminds me that the Lord had already shown me that it doesn't matter what they're doing around me or what they're up to or what they're capable of. I'm exactly where I'm willing to be. And whenever, you know, whatever work I'm willing to do, whatever progress I'm willing to make, I'm making regardless of what they are doing. And that sounds like the God I serve. So I know that that is the case, but it seems like it's so distorted and so confusing and oftentimes hard or difficult to see where I'm at, you know, and what, you know, what that means about what I'm willing to do, because it feels like I'm so willing to be everywhere I'm so willing to be where I'm called to be right now. Like, I'm willing to do everything that the Lord asked me to do. I'm willing to be everything that the Lord asked me to be. I'm willing to be the version of myself that I've seen in my future. It feels like I'm willing to be her now, but maybe different lessons that I have to learn in this process will expose, you know, what that truly consists of. And I just don't see the bigger picture right now. So I understand that. And I was watching this video and the video was like, um, you know, everything works together according to God's good. And, you know, oftentimes we are calling out to the Lord, Lord, why are you doing this? Why are you ruining my day? Why are you allowing them to do this? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? Different things like that. And because of our human logic and our human perspective, we cannot see the bigger picture. And... I just felt like he was speaking to my, you know, my heart. He had been telling me that. He had been saying that, you know. And then on his video, which of course was the Winlows on you on YouTube, um, this video showed that, and it and it said that, and it just kind of acted it out. It was a scenario. This girl, she was rushing. She was, you know, um, really upset. Well, first, it started with this guy. He had a business. He went to the church and he said, Lord, why are you causing my business to fail? Why don't you, you know, why don't you, you know, why why I pray, I pray, and I pray, and I pray for my business, but it just keeps failing. Why are you doing this to me? The Lord showed up and he took him to this situation where this woman was about to die that day. And um, she was running late for work. Her friend came in and her friend was just um, rushing her because they were running late. But um, her aunt insisted that they pray before they leave the house. Her friend said, I don't care about all that God crap. And she just kind of like brushed God off and didn't and didn't pray with them. Even though they prayed, when they left the house, excuse me, the Lord threw water on her so she would, you know, have to change her outfit, but she decided to go anyways. And then he took her phone out of her purse, you know, so he made her, you know, leave her phone. And when she was in the car on the way to work with this girl, she was complaining about a boyfriend 
and her friend was just sitting there like, um, don't she know I'm not her friend? I don't even like her. And I'm cheating with her boyfriend. You know, um, different stuff like that. But um, she looked for her phone, noticed who was at home. Her friend said, I- I'm too late for work. I can't go. I have to drop you off here. She dropped her off down the street. And as soon as that girl got out the car, her friend got into a very tragic or terrible accident. And she died in the accident. And that was supposed to be her dying that day as well with her. But because she prayed, the Lord, you know, caused different things not to go well for her. So that she would, you know, end up having to get back out the car, go home to get her phone. And that saved her life. And so the Lord is trying to show us that even when a lot of bad situations are happening in our life and it feels like everything is going wrong, he's, you know, it's protection. And I have been seeing that for like the past two years, you know, rejection is protection. Rejection is redirection, you know. And I kept seeing, hearing a rejection thing and I kept feeling like, you know, that's not true. I'm not rejected. I'm not rejected. I'm not being rejected. You know, the fact of the matter is that I'm rejecting these different individuals, but that was the, you know, that's, that was what I perceived at the moment. I felt like this stuff is happening to me because I'm rejecting different individuals. I got raped and I was rejecting this individual, even though the Lord had a word on them. I did what I could to pray for them and still try and see the good in them because I just want to trust what the Lord said. It's not about what they've shown me or who they appear to be because this situation has appeared to be a lot of things that it isn't. So I had to take that into account even concerning myself. I'm not in a position to judge and we're all filthy and all sin is equal and God hates sin. So I have to take accountability for my, you know, own actions first before I can judge someone else. So I was doing what I can not to judge this individual and, you know, just, you know, just trust the word that the Lord had given me on this individual. But, um, you know, still, I felt that I was rejecting this individual because, you know, throughout this process, it's like different things were shown to me or said to me, like, they set you up. Like, this whole entire situation was a setup. I was, you know... At my lowest, I was really going through it. You know, Satan was attacking me. Big demons were placed on me. It was a big, dark spirit that was pressing my head down to the ground. And just, you know, um, just like, um, I don't know, just like really... I don't know, just really like, um, I don't know, just really like, you know, I was under so much, you know, stress and distress and I was being tortured and I was going through so much and in this process, this individual showed up and, you know, despite everything everybody had to say about me. You know, they sifted through the crowds, they found me and they picked me up, they helped me and they said, it's okay, it's not who you are, you're not this person, you don't need to feel that way about yourself, you're going to be okay. They gave me hope, you know, for a second in a very tragic situation and I felt that I saw our lives flash before our eyes and then, you know, they cried with me and they even, um, I feel like it was such a godly encounter as well. They cried with me. 
and they sat with me and they just stayed with me when everybody else rejected me. And, you know, it's it's amazing because in this process, different individuals were, you know, saying and exposing how it was the setup. They had set the whole thing up. And I feel like God even said to me, you know, he set this up, you know, to look like he was your knight in shining armor. When really he's responsible for, you know, a lot of this stuff that's happened. He's responsible for a lot of these these rumors going around about you. A lot of this mocking, a lot of this wickedness, a lot of this hurt and pain that you're going through. He's actually responsible. He set it up to make you look this way, you know, and try to expose you in that way. And, you know, really put you in this place. But it's trying to show up to pretend to be your knight in shining armor. And, um... What I felt felt like it was undeniable that I couldn't, you know, um, I couldn't, nobody could understand what it felt like in that moment, what happened, you know, because, and I, and I couldn't say that it wasn't real, like it didn't feel like, you know, a godly encounter. But, because um, I never seen my life flash from my eyes before, but I heard it, I heard about it a few times, people talked about it, and they said that's how they know God was real. And it kind of felt like that. But the problem with it was, you know, in the process, this person, this individual, as I said, had already raped me and um, was exposing themselves to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. They would say to me, like, oh, my gosh, you're going to be my girl. And, you know, I'm going to get you all these things and, you know, trying to, like, you know, butter me up for, like, this, you know, this you know, rich and lavish lifestyle looking lifestyle with them. But as soon as I would, you know, as soon as I would start to, you know, believe it for a second, they would laugh in my face and they would say, please, as if I would ever want you, you know, as if I would ever deal with you. And um, I can't believe you ever thought I would ever want you or they would laugh behind my back, right in my face, like right up under my nose while I was like thinking like, hmm, I wonder if they're telling the truth. They would be laughing. I can't believe this B really believed that I like her or I feel that way about her. Like, you know, um, I'm playing her, all kinds of stuff like that. Like, they would they would do this all day, all the time. And um, it really, it really, you know, struck my attention. It, it kept happening, but it's like it was so many different efforts to confuse and, de- you know, um, deceive me. But one day, it was my friend from childhood, from third grade. One day, you know, I was talking to her, and I was just like, you hear all the stuff he's saying about me and all this stuff like that? What you think? And she was like, oh, him? She was like, are you sure he's a good guy? She was like, no, I don't think he's a good guy. She was like, I don't think he's for you at all. No, I don't think I don't think he's who you think he is. Because he was lying to my face and pretending to be all mushy in my face but then right behind my back he was just mocking and laughing and teasing and torturing me about how he set the whole thing up and um was responsible for my torture constantly and so you know I I still just did what I could to have faith in God and I just said that you know I believe her I really do believe her I she didn't have no reason to lie but it was just about the fact that um, I'm still in this situation and I got to do what I can to, you know, see my way through. At that point, I kind of saw him for who he really was and I wasn't really buying it at that point. And I, I had kind of started to build up the, a defense system against that where it's like, OK, whatever. I'll listen to what you have to say because like you're forcing me to hear you even when I don't want to hear what you have to say. But um, 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna believe you. So then it got to the point where things started getting worse and worse and worse. And everybody around me was trying to kill me. And then my my stepbrother, he stepped in and he said, um, he said, he started fighting for me. He actually started helping me up. And then that's when um, I was like, you're helping me, even though you was just hurting me. Because he was participating a little bit at first. But, you know, he started helping me. He was like, he started defending me and vouching for me. And he was like the only person in my family that was actually defending me and vouching for me while everybody else was like throwing my name, you know, dragging my name through the mud and doing everything they could to try and give me sacrifice to the devil, you know, really like that bad and um, trying to kill me. And um, he vouched for me and I said, why would you vouch for me? You know, after, you know, most of the period of time, I really thought it was you who was responsible for this witchcraft because they used to say he was putting witchcraft on me. He's like, no, because I know you, and I know you die for anybody. That's why I vouch for you, because I know the real you. I know you die for anybody. And I was like, I know the same thing about you, too, you know? And, like, that's exactly when the Lord had dubbed him my knight. I saw me in the spirit. I was fully armored up. I was beautiful. I was a queen. And he got down on one knee, and the Lord oversaw how I took my sword out, and I dubbed both of his shoulders as my knight. And um, I realized in that moment, you know, he had kept telling me he's not who you think he is. He is a liar. And he kept fighting for me and helping me when they tried to kill me. So, you know, I knew that when God had, you know, vouched for my stepbrother, when God stepped in and, you know, dubbed him my knight because of how hard he was fighting for me, how he was willing to die for me. You know, he was willing to give his life for me when he was trying to kill me. He was risking his life for my life. God dubbed him my knight and he made it clear who it was. He was fighting most of the time. It was him. So when all that was made clear, um, I was like, I, I don't trust him. I wouldn't trust him. And then it got to this point where one day it was really bad, but it was starting to die down a little bit this day. And all I know was someone came to me and they were like, um, I was really under a strong deception. It got to the point where they had worn me down as much as they possibly could. And they were so confident that at this point, it will be my true feelings. If I, and I, I might have been deceived enough to believe that he actually was for me or we actually had a future together. And a lot of people might be saying, how could you still believe that after these things? You have to understand. Like It was so much going on. It was so many different people trying to kill me. My whole family working with these different individuals to humiliate, embarrass me, and try to sacrifice my soul to the devil. And they're working very hard to deceive me. I'm talking about overtime, no breaks, 24-7, every second of every day. They are working very hard to try and deceive me. So it got to this point where they're like, okay, she really is believing that you really are for her. So if you ask her now, this will be her true feelings, I think. I don't know. But they were like, um, do you choose him or do you choose God? I was like, Jesus. You choose? They was like, do you choose him or do you choose Jesus? I was like, Jesus. They asked me a few times. I'm like, Jesus. Then they kind of cleared like, you know, the conversation surrounding me. And they asked me again with a clear mind and a clear, like, a, a, 
without me feeling like I had to prove anything to anybody. I was like, Jesus, I choose Jesus. It was like, if you choose Jesus right now, you can miss out on everything. You can miss out on this opportunity to be this famous power couple. You could, you know, miss out on this opportunity to be with this person, marry this person, marry into money and be famous, all this other stuff. Leaders of the industry. I said, I choose Jesus. I don't care if I don't have nothing. I don't care if I end up homeless on the street. I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. And I, I told her straight to their face. And then, you know, they were like, you're going to heaven. You're going to heaven. And then he started crying. He started crying real tears. Now my stepbrother, the guy who's doing all this to me, he started crying real tears. And at first I thought he was faking. So I was like still like fighting him. Like I was still fighting him like I was before because he had been trying to kill me. So I kept fighting him like you're still just trying to deceive me. And I kept fighting him, but he actually stopped fighting me for a second. But in that moment, I realized a big part of it was him. It was because when he started crying, a lot of it, a lot of the attacks, a lot of the power and the strength that was coming from the attacks, just, well, not a lot, but a portion of the power and the strength that was coming from the attacks stopped when he started crying. And I was like, um, so he really was playing a wolf. He he really was a wolf in sheep's clothing then because he was sitting here pretending like he was so in love and all this other stuff like we meant to be together like our lives flashed before our eyes and we was like soulmates or something like that but he really was like the one responsible like God said God said he set this whole thing up trying to look like he was my knight in, sh- in shining armor but really he was the one responsible he put me you know he he's responsible for a lot of my pain that I'm going through in the situation but I wasn't surprised because as I say he raped me but um, he was responsible for a lot of demonic witchcraft attacks, you know. But um, he started crying, and um, you know, in that moment, I just learned so much about forgiveness, and I just learned so much about, you know, seeing past what you want to see, and 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 just deciding to be hard-hearted or stubborn even despite what it feels like the Lord has shown you so so bad I wanted to just be like you know so bad I wanted to be like you know f your tears f you you're an f boy you know I don't need you I don't care that you're crying you know I hope you die you know because you try to kill me I could have been like that and so bad in a way I still deep down wanted to be that way But I just learned so much about forgiveness. Like, you forgive at the rate that you want to be forgiven. So, after everything that the Lord had shown me and how he had transformed me in that process, I had, you know, I had seen that, you know, um, I had seen that, you know, I needed to handle that situation like my real self would because my real self had been pulled out in the process. I wasn't able to hide behind a hard heart anymore. My heart had been softened and I had to respond, you know, the way that my genuine self would respond. And so what I did was, you know, I cried with him a little bit. Well, I didn't cry with him. Actually, I didn't cry with him, but I just like took a moment of silence with him and I didn't still fight him while he was crying. 
I didn't take the opportunity to get an extra head in or different things like that. I just, you know, um, gave him that minute to cry that out, you know, and I just took it seriously. I didn't laugh. I didn't be, I, I didn't act funny or anything, but, um, all I know is I was like, why is he crying? Why is he crying? What, why are you crying? Because I said, you know, I choose God over him. Why would he cry for that? Well, it seemed like right now he would be, you know, angry, super angry. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you chose Jesus over me. But he cried. And um, they were like, he's crying because he never thought he would ever meet you. Like, you're like, you know, you're an answered prayer. You're an answered prayer. And I was like... I don't know what to believe now. I just don't know what to believe because this individual set this up. It's responsible for a lot of my pain and suffering. It's torturing me constantly. And in a minute, about to probably start torturing me again. And um, it's trying to kill me. Trying to get me to choose them over Jesus Christ. Trying to get me to sell my soul to the devil. And just start crying i don't know if it's real but it was real i could tell it was real i know it was real and um i was like in that moment i had to take into account how you know a lot of people are just stony hearted they are so hard-hearted and they are just full of you know they are just so used and have to have become accustomed to this wicked lifestyle that they're living but deep inside you know you know really are good people and the Lord looks at the inward of your heart. And even though they may not be planning on changing their actions right now, it's going to take work and it's going to take, you know, effort and it's going to take patience or whatever. They are still that person. And, you know, I couldn't have done it on my own. I couldn't have never done it by my by myself. It was by God's power alone. Because even though he was crying when it seemed like he should have been angry and, you know, more aggressive. Which was, I feel like, a sign of his character. Still, still, um, when it came down to it, um, the Lord had already vouched for him. The Lord has said that he maybe can be raptured. He will maybe be raptured. And the Lord said other things like, you know, um, he's about to marry the wrong woman. He's about to be, you know, get married to the wrong woman, you know, the wrong, the wrong girl. And, you know, I didn't know at the time what he, why we, why he was telling me that. Like, what, what does it have to do with me, you know, out of all the people in the world, you know? Why do it feel like that is, like, my business, you know? But, you know, this situation was happening with what's happening. And I'm like, it's... God, I feel like it's necessary for me to know, but that really, at the time, you know, that was a piece of information that was, you know, feeling more specific. Now it's like the Lord's introduced me to so many different people's problems and so many different people's information that it feel like, you know, is it really that special? But at the time, it really was like, you know, it felt like it was directed, but, um, directed towards me but not only that um not only that um what had happened was 
um, he, uh, oh, he had even told me about the prayer that he had prayed to God and said that, you know, God, if you would send me a wife, you know, somebody who I don't know the, the all the details of what the prayer consisted of, but if you would send me a wife, someone who, you know, had these different qualities, I would believe you are real. I would not be able to deny you. I would know that there is a God. And then I showed up. And so now he feels like there is a God, you know, and that's why he was crying, you know, because he's like, there's a God, you know, but, um, Still, he continued in that behavior and continued to try and kill me. So what can you do? You know, at this point, I have to fight you every day and you're still trying to kill me. And like, what can I do? Am I supposed to um, be like, okay, kill me? You know, because I even tried that. It didn't work. I still had to fight for my life. So I still have to fight him every day like an enemy. You know, he's really like making himself my enemy, him and my family and different people involved. It's not a game. It's not a joke or anything like that. It's for real. So, you know, I don't, you know, I'm learning and I'm, the Lord is navigating me on, through how to deal with this situation because oftentimes he turns out to be the most brutal one of all. And, um, it's messed up, you know, it don't make sense to me, you know, he raped me, then he commits to torture me and try and kill me and even try and get my family to kill me, get me to sell my soul to the devil, and he hasn't stopped, it doesn't, it sometimes don't feel like he plan on stopping no time soon, but, um, you know, I have to keep fighting for him, but in the process, you know, I am being transformed into the woman that I've always prayed to God to make me. And so regardless of what's going on with him or him at all or him even, you know, being a topic of conversation, everything that's going on here needs to happen in order for me to be prepared for, you know, and to be transformed into who the Lord has shown me I'll one day be. Because it's I'm so different from where I once was. I just was smoking weed every day, all day. I could not go like a couple hours without being high. I was drinking fifths of hard alcohol like Patron and tequila like every other day. I was like um, hanging out with all kinds of guys that I barely knew. I even at a point was taking drugs like pills and ecstasy. And um, I was just living such a sinful life. And the Lord has transformed me so much since then. I've grown so much in this process. And so in this in this mindset and from the new perspective that the Lord has given me, I have to consider how much someone else may be transforming this process as well. Because what if someone was to judge me by the standard of who I was? I'm not her anymore. I'm nothing like that anymore. I don't want to go back to being that kind of person anymore. And I'm just born again. I'm different forever. I'm transformed forever. So I would want to, you know, I would want to see somebody else from that perspective, you know, just cleaning the moat out of my own eye before I take the speck out of someone else's is what I'm trying to, you know, find myself what I'm trying to do. But, um, I'm not, a, I'm not a complete work yet. I'm still a work in progress. 
I'm not 100% transformed. I have work to do. And um, maybe this individual has work to do as well. But at this point, I'm going to be 100% honest. And even after everything I said, I hope it doesn't make me sound like a hypocrite or that I'm contradicting everything I just said. But at this point, I could never see myself being with this person. You know, I don't want to lie because it's like, excuse me, I literally saw myself being with this person. So there's that. There's the literal vision that I saw. But outside of that, I would I could never see myself being with this person. Everything that's been exposed about this individual, I just could never see it. And the Lord told me five years ago that he was going to deliver me from, the, from an abusive relationship that someone sought to put me in and keep me in for the rest of my life. And now this is happening. You know, he's abusive. So it's like that adds up in a way. You know, and then in the vision, it was like this set in stone. But nothing in my entire life has ever been set in stone. And the Lord kind of reminds me that nothing is set in stone in life. Because, you know, it's motivation I use to believe that I can have a better future than or a better you know, outcome in life or a happy ending despite where I've come from and despite what I wasn't afforded in life. Nothing is set in stone. It looks like I'm never supposed to be nothing. It looks like I'm supposed to end up strung out on drugs like my family members. It looks like I'm supposed to be poor forever. It looks like I'm never supposed to be a, you know, have a husband. It looks like I'm supposed to end up a single mother. It looks like I'm supposed to be ignorant for the rest of my life and stealing and, you know, um, not irresponsible it looks like I'm supposed to be a lot of things for the rest of my life but the work that the Lord is doing in me is miraculous and that's not going to happen to me he's promised me that he's showing me a different future that no one could possibly ever have recognized me from before and so you know nothing is set in stone and that's why I don't trust the vision that I've seen with me with him and my future but if I'm going to go by the fact that the Lord has vouched for them and said that maybe they will be raptured and said the same thing about me. And said that, you know, I will be delivered from an abusive relationship for the rest of my life. And then showed me this vision of me with this individual and they weren't necessarily abusive. Actually, they said that they love me more than anybody in my life has ever loved me, which I don't agree with. Because I feel like that's something that abusers say. And try to convince you to pull you away from everybody in your life so they can abuse you without anybody, you know, without drawing alarm to anybody that, you know, would, you know, try and get you out of that situation or try and talk some sense into you. But um, this individual, I dwelled underneath an open heaven and I had become everything that the Lord asked me to be and had called me to be. That I prayed to be, excuse me, not asked me to be, that I had prayed to be. All my prayers were answered. I was the woman that I always prayed to be in God. I had accomplished everything that I ever set out to do. And I can't imagine me being with someone who wouldn't, you know, also put God above everything just like I did. And dwell underneath this open heaven and, you know, value, you know, a relationship with the Lord. And not disappointing God and holding yourself accountable and you know, abiding by the Bible, becoming a person of God as well. And I feel like that person must have had to do the work as well, you know, because I did all that work. 
you know, the Lord did the work for me, but I did that work, you know. But um, that's why I feel like if the Lord was saying that he's delivering me from an abusive relationship for the rest of my life, but it's possible that I still end up with this individual, that may mean that he is going to be transformed in his process as well, just as, I, just as much as I am. Maybe even completely unrecognizable from who he was before. I was giving that the benefit of the doubt. But, um, you know, when I woke up from that vision, I heard, you know, first of all, that vision, it was, you know, said in a vision that, you know, I had to leave my family. They had done, you know, something so unforgivable, you know, and that I just, it, it things would have never been the same. I did all that I could for them, but I ended up having to eventually leave them. That didn't add up because I didn't feel like it was any reason in the world that I would give up my family. Not only that, if he played a part in that, how could I forgive him and not forgive them? But um, I didn't know at the time that he would have played a part in that. But um, then I woke up from that vision and um, I heard my brother say, this is not going the way that they're think- they think that it's going. And then I heard this individual say, this is set in stone. It's nothing that nobody can do to change this, nothing. And um, I was like, why would you have to say that it's nothing nobody can do to change this and it's set in stone? Why would you have to make that so clear? And then I heard the individual in the background saying, you know, and they sound, they voice sounded recognizable. I've always memorized voices since I was a kid. And I can't help but feel like that was something that the Lord did for me in order to protect me. You know, so I recognized their voice and they said, this is not going away that they think this is going. And it didn't sound like malicious, wicked intent to tear apart, you know, somebody's future or destiny. It felt like protection. It felt like I'm going to prevent someone from getting for getting away with this, you know, injustice. That's what it felt like deep down. And um, I felt like only I would probably be able, not only I, but only someone who may have known this person would have been able to recognize this quality in them. So um, I didn't know what to believe. I didn't know how to feel at the time. Nothing had happened. But then everything started happening. This was a year before everything even happened. Then everything started happening. And so it's like the future is being told. But only God can tell the future. So isn't that confirmation that that was God in that vision? I don't know. So um, here we are. I still haven't given up on my family. I still can't think of any reason in the world that I would. Even after everything they had done to me. Try to sacrifice me. And continuously torture me every single day. And try to get me to kill myself. I'm still not giving up on them. And this individual I know plays such a part in it, actively playing a part in it every single day. You know, it's so, like I've heard them multiple times say, I'm going to kill this bee. Like they still say it even today. And um, I'm supposed to forgive them, but not forgive my family. I know the Bible says that, you know, we leave our mother and father and we come together with our husband or in some people's cases, wives, you know, in marriage. But, you know, 
I can't help but feel like this may be a fulfillment of a prophecy when the Lord says that he's going to protect me from an abusive relationship for the rest of my life. And in that way, meaning I will not end up with this person because they are wolf in sheep's clothing. And um, it's possible that they seek to abuse me for the rest of my life without ever having been honest about the part that they play, without ever having owned up to what they've done and without ever having truly changed. Or been transformed by God. But I don't know if that's possible. So. Um, you can't play God. You can't play God. And I've heard the Lord speak over me. Concerning this, this individual. The Lord thundered down. When this individual said. You can't keep nothing from me. The Lord was like. She does not belong to you. And I'll, I'll do what I want to do. Like, I don't know what all he said, but all I know is he checked him. He caught him dead in his tracks. And he was just like, you will not touch her. You will not get to her. And I think in this process, what he's saying is, you're not ready for marriage. And until you're ready for marriage, you will not be near her. You will not have her. So I don't know. Maybe this is one of those very unique, you know, Situations, I can't act as if I'm just so much better than this person. But I just do know that, you know, to come from being raped and being tortured and almost killed by this different, by this individual and abused for, at this point, going on two years, I think. You know, that's, and it possibly will be longer. Who knows how long they plan to abuse me and try and kill me and get me to commit suicide, you know. Going on how long it's been. You know, I am learning a lot in this situation. I'm being transformed, I'm learning to forgive. I'm even having to work closely with this individual in order to obtain salvation if we want to be raptured. So I'm learning so much, but it's like still, I just don't, I still can't see myself being with this person. I still can't see myself being with them. And I'm thinking like if we're going to be raptured in my lifetime, you know, how long would I really even be with this person or how long? Would it, would it, you know, at what point are we going to be raptured? Because do it even matter to get married to anybody when we're going to be raptured and nobody's married in heaven? We're all angels. So, um, I don't know that for sure, but I just know that, um, I just know that the Bible says that this woman, she married seven brothers because they all died. And when, and they asked when she gets to heaven, who will she be married to? Who will she be with? And Jesus said, well, when you get to heaven, you know that you'll be an angel. It's not a matter of marriage or concerning marriage. So, um, I just don't know if I'm even meant to be with this person. And, um, of course, if my, I want my brother to be saved, it's possible that, you know, my whole family may make it. And that's what I'm trying to see happen. I want my family to make it into heaven. So it's like, um, maybe my brother will, you know, get into heaven, you know, after having kept me from someone who sought to keep me in an abusive relationship in chains, tortured for the rest of my life. Because that is worse than anything anybody could have ever done to me. And that's what it sounded like my brother was insinuating with the way he said it but i don't know um we'll see some people are really 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 wicked and it runs so deep but god can use anybody 
And so I'm trying to be non-judgmental, accepting, and self-aware. And see the bigger picture.